What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 63rd draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. Hey, Matt. How are you? If that's it a only dumb took question, us, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It only took us like uh, two hours to set this up for some reason today. Everything went smoothly. The first quarantine cast that we did last week, which you guys should check out, the 62nd draft. Um, a very, uh, I think, a really cool conversation about, uh, you know, kind of the beginnings of this self-isolation and, and kind of quarantine that everyone's going through. Um, so go check that out. Uh, I'm doing all right, man. How about you? Actually, this is the first full conversation I've had in almost since the last time we recorded. Um, I mean, I've talked to people, obviously, but in in terms of, you know, like actually having a full conversation. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, we're actually doing it on video this time. I mean, you guys can't see it, but it might help uh, Eric and I. Um, We can see each other both in our, you know. Uh, disheveled uh, states. Uh, I haven't showered in in a week, and I've no, been kidding. only wearing have... sweatpants for the last <laughs> oh, nine same days. <laughs> the sweatpants industry is loving this. Um, but yeah, if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each and every week, Eric and I uh, get together now over uh, you know uh, vid- video call and and online, usually in person. Uh, to talk about the uh, entertainment industry and everything that's going on in our lives, what's going on in the industry, trailers, uh, what's out at home, which is the only place you're watching movies right now, um, and a whole slew of other things. And we hope uh, everybody like that this- is listening is doing well and uh, know yes. that you're continuing to practice social distancing and, and you know, um, you know, we're... Th- we're thinking of everybody right now that's going through this and, and, you know, we hope that if you enjoy listening to this podcast, it brings you some comfort. A hundred percent, man. Um, yeah, if you guys like this, uh, we have another podcast called untitled movie reviews where Eric and I get together and review a new release film. Uh, Funny enough, uh, a couple of our most recent reviews are now available for people to stream at home. So uh, if you guys want to go listen to our review of The Invisible Man, uh, you guys can rent The Invisible Man uh, right now on all your favorite VOD services for $19.99 for a 48-hour rental. Uh, You can also purchase – we have a review up for Onward, um, which you now can purchase on VOD uh, for, I think, $25, both American and Canadian I believe um, in HD, which will also be on Disney plus in two weeks, which is fucking bananas. Uh, So those reviews are out there. And then you can also check out our review of the hunt, which uh, luckily for us and for you guys is now also available to rent for 48 hours for $20, uh, which uh, Eric saw, which I think was probably one of the last movies you saw in theaters. It was the second last movie I saw in (laughs) theaters. I remember uh, seeing it at young and Dundas in the morning uh, writing my review in the afternoon for, and then going to my last screening, which was Bloodshot. The last Imagine movie that I being the last movie you'll- <laughs> was Bloodshot. Um, and also just going on uh, further of what you said, you can also rent Emma uh, with Anya Taylor Joy starting <clears throat> starting on Tuesday uh, on the twenty fourth. Birds of Prey will be available to rent. The Gentleman will be available to rent. The Way Back. Uh, the titular Bloodshot, as just mentioned, uh, our favorite movie of 2020 so far, Doolittle, uh, will all be available to rent on uh, the 24th. Uh, Friday, uh, the 27th of March, you can rent the Christian Rock 
movie, I Still Believe. And on Tuesday, March 31st, you can rent Sonic the Hedgehog and Bad Boys for Life, both of which we have reviews for up on the site. What a wild world we're living in, man. I know. It's crazy. The way back as well on Yeah, uh, yeah, the 24th. Tuesday. I said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I missed that because that's something that I want to catch up with. Maybe we should do a um, review for it as well then. then yeah, for sure. We we might as well. Um, we got nothing else to do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's basically our staying at home segment. But uh, we'll, we'll get into everything. Um, but I haven't really talked to you since the last time we talked. So, yeah, what have you uh, what have you been up to, my dude? Just, well, uh, besides I mean, wearing sweatpants, um, just watching a lot of movies and, and just trying to, you know, keep some sort of sanity by doing writing and, you know, re- reading that kind of thing. You know, what about yourself? Yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of games, actually. I um, I mean, I haven't been up to much. I mean, Nevis and I have been kind of uh, locked down in here. I mean, I'm trying to do especially that 14-day kind of self-isolation because I traveled right before uh, the shit hit the fan. Um, I'm feeling all right, though. This is this would be day 14 since I got back from uh, Los Angeles. So, I mean, I did go to work for a couple days after that. And not saying that once my 14 days is over, I'm going to start, you know, hitting the town. But you're going to be like um, those Gen uh, Zetters running out there. Yeah. Having you know, a party. Spring break. Ugh. Spring break. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, but we've been, you know, going for walks, trying to keep our distance. But, um, uh, you know, we we did a big grocery uh, last week. So that that's lasted us. We've been uh, so I mean, I'm instilling some, you know, some good habits of like making cold brew at home. So I don't have to go to fucking Starbucks and spend six dollars every day. Saving some of that um, money. Yeah. I mean, cooking at home uh, every night, which is um, something that Nevis and I tried to do frequently but you know how life uh finds a way to get in the way and then you end up cooking you know once or twice a week because we go to screenings or we go do some other things so you know it's been good like cooking at home every night um making cold brew at home like i said is is actually saving me a shit ton of money and actually pretty good i I bought this i should send it to you um this cold brew kit where it's just this giant two liter like mason jar and you just pour coffee grounds in it and you let it you pour water in and let it sit out for 24 hours and then you got yourself some nice iced coffee for uh depending on how much you drink per day for me it lasted me like almost the whole week so uh that's been good but yeah i've been gaming a lot man i haven't watched a ton of movies like i mean we'll get into it when we're talking about what we've been watching but um i beat the last of us again since we talked last um (laughs) so i played through the entirety of the first game after our last conversation about the hbo series and last of us part two coming out in may or hopefully coming out in may um uh, and then that just got me going like i haven't played that game since it came out in i think 2013 2014 i think 2013 um i only played it that one time because it is an intense game it, it's it's that stories that you love so much sometimes i i don't want to go back and revisit them because i'm like worried i won't like they won't hold up in my head is what i imagine them to be um but no the last of us is excellent um it it as I'm playing it, I'm thinking of like who could be cast as which character in the HBO show. I'm trying to figure out how long would the first season go? Would it be the first game? I doubt it. I think they split the game up into the game split into seasons. So spring, fall, winter, and then summer, um, or spring, summer, fall, winter. And then, um, 
I'm just, I don't know how they'll split up the series and how long they'll make the first game last, whether it be one, two, three seasons. Um, but I just, uh, I got so into it again and I played through the entirety of the first game in like three or four days and just, uh, binged through the entire thing and loved it, uh, just as much this time around. And it's, uh, it's an intense game. It's, uh, it's got a ton of heart. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's thrilling. It's, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I love, you know how much I love that game. I've gushed about it nonstop, but this got me in the mood for, it prepped me for last of us part two. And then I'm getting really psyched for hopefully when all of this is over, um, they'll start production on the HBO show. And I guess it is kind of timely too, because it is a, you know, about a virus that infects a bunch of people, but turns them into, you know, mutated, not zombies per se, but, um, in that, in that realm, but right. It was eerie walking through this, the streets and just with everything's going on right now, it's very, you know, quiet out for the most part. I mean, we're not in full lockdown here in, uh, Ontario and, and Canada yet, but, um, they're suggesting people stay home. But, um, even during some of our walks, you still saw quite a few people out, um, and even gathering in parks and things like that. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you people? Like go home. Nevis and I just needed some fresh air, right? but like there's people like sitting on picnic blankets in the park and it's minus two out. And I'm like, even if you're five feet away from each other, don't fucking do that. Um, so anyways, uh, play through the last of us. It's fucking excellent. I can't wait, uh, for you, Eric, to be able to um, experience that um, through the HBO show. And um, it, it got my wheels turning. I want to write something again because I did an article way back in, I think, 2013 about who I would cast in the roles. Um, in the movie some of those I still think. And uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think we did a whole episode on it uh, on the old Movie Monarchy podcast. Um, but now some of those i think would still apply with someone like um josh brolin but um i think he might even be better suited now being a little bit older and uh um but i do like the idea of uh nikolai coster waldo or or hugh jackman even um but i mean he essentially played that role in logan so i think we talked about this last week and and jackman um, hasn't done television as of yet either in terms of of doing a a a series um brolin just signed on to something before uh the covid19 uh pandemic sort of really hit so he's willing to do television now so you need somebody that can probably either you know do both film and television or who's willing to do both film and television but i wanted to ask you a question about it talking about you know how long uh, a show like this could run probably like judging by a lot of the HBO series, probably it would go for maybe five, six seasons. Um, but how many episodes do you see it going per season? Do you see it going eight? Does it need more than that? Uh, I would love to see somewhere between the, you know, um, six to nine episodes. I mean, Watchmen was nine, right? Yeah. Uh, how many was Chernobyl? Eight? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, something within that realm, like I I'm all for shorter seasons. Like, um, I think four is probably too short. I think six is the perfect amount when you do six, one hour episodes. And then I don't think you need to, I think you put all your effort into those six episodes to make them killer. And, um, I think you work within a, a higher budget and get to spend maybe a, a bit more per episode, hopefully, instead of doing and drawing it out over, you know, 10, 11, 12 episodes that we've seen in some places. I mean, HBO hasn't really done, you know, for their dramas that many like Game of Thrones got up to 
I think 10, 11, 12 episodes, didn't they, in a season yeah. sometimes? But, but then um, by I don't the end think of it, it felt like high. it overstayed its welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I feel like uh, I love the six six episode season. I would love if they just did that. And um, um, I would be okay with a little bit more, obviously. But uh, it's I think there's a lot to cover. Like it's a I, I don't know how many hours the first game is. I'll try to look it up now, but um, well, since you said I that it's told it in like, seasons, I was thinking like, what if like they were able to do like almost like a ninety-minute to two-hour, you know, four-part season where like each episode is told in one that. season. Yeah, because like the season breaks are the natural, you know, cliffhanger points for the most part. Um, or I mean, I can even see like the key moments in the game. Um, where some episode endings or season endings could possibly be. Um, and I don't know. I just get so excited cause I, it's going to be awesome, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think four episodes might be too short. I don't know if you could cram it all into four episodes. Um, I guess I'm you could look do up eight how where it'd be like be. two in, you know, winter two in spring to like, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, because there's some time jumps and uh, I mean, you want to get to know, I think they might even expand on it, right? Like, I think those, they'll be pretty um, faithful um, to the the uh, the game being that uh, Neil Druckmann's working on it too. But um, one thing I didn't realize too, I knew where Craig Mazin's background, but I didn't realize he wrote and directed superhero movie and like scary movie oh, three yeah. and four. And I'm like, I'm like, good for him for bouncing back with Chernobyl, but um like and as his a writer of the Hangover rough. movies too, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting filmography because like this is like the first thing that he's done that's gotten any sort of critical acclaim. Like everything else you look on his resume is like all these high concepts, you know, lowest common denominator comedies. And now with Chernobyl and, and the announcement of this, it feels like he's he's kind of entered like a, a – a new kind of zone. It's, it, it's like what we've talked about before with, uh, you know, Todd Phillips and Adam McKay entering drama and be ta- being taken more seriously as, as filmmakers. The same thing with Peter Farley, where it's like, they make a movie that's quote unquote, an Oscar movie. And now, you know, they're, they're, they're in the same sort of echelon as uh, the bigger filmmakers, like the Scorsese's of, of, of the world. So it's interesting that Craig Mazin now is kind of getting more respect when before he was kind of considered a laughing stock. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, good for him. I mean, maybe it's just uh, sometimes those are an easy way into the industry and maybe are a little bit, uh, I don't know anyone not anyone can do them but you get your foot in the door almost when you have the right connections and you write some schlocky fucking uh parody movie i mean those movies are awful but superhero movie especially is awful um but like one of the worst things i've ever seen um but hey i i gotta watch chernobyl still and i i i probably will get around to it um so the the last of us game it says 15 and a half hours to beat the story mind you that's with all the gameplay and things like that when you go on youtube and you look up only cutscenes, it looks like um some are between three and a half and four hours for only the cutscenes, but that cuts out a lot of the gameplay where someone edited a full movie together that has all of the cutscenes with some, you know, 
gunplay and, and probably some stealth mission or stealth moments where you're taking down um, the infected, which is six hours. So six episodes kind of makes sense if you add in some action sequences and some stuff like that. And I'm sure they'll flesh some things out, but um, I think six to eight episodes make sense for me, but I'm excited for them to ramp it up. But um, it, uh, who knows with everything that's going on, how long that'll take now. But um, And then the other thing I've been playing is... Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons just came out on Nintendo Switch and uh, came out on Friday. And I mean, on my Twitter feed, it's all people are fucking doing and um, which kind of makes sense. It is like the perfect uh, quarantine game where like if you can't go out, why not live this virtual life where you get stranded on a deserted island with a bunch of cute animals and you got to like like humanoid animals eric because I, mean, I don't know how much you know about animal crossing i i, um, I know nothing other than what you and so have been posting this um raccoon named tom nook who always tries to you know swindle you for your your money and, and give you loans and and try to get you into like timeshares and different things like that at least in this version that's kind of what he's doing he sold you a vacation package to go on a deserted island um where you can set up and build a tent which then you can upgrade into a home and then you gather resources and you trade them and you do little missions and you invite people to come live on your island and and you uh can take trips places and visit other people's islands and like it's Basically, Your own I, personal I, I, fire festival. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Some people name their island fire festival. Yeah, and you name your island. You can. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to explain, but it's like very very addicting and a great time waster during this time where like um, you can spend and not even realize it like hours just kind of going around and gathering wood and whatever fruit is on your island and like some of it is like all. Uh, procedurally generated so like when you start up your game your island is going to be completely different than others so like my sister's also playing it and her her best friend danielle's playing it and like danielle has pears on her island where we have peaches on our island and you want to like go and visit other people and like trade like give me some of your peaches and i'll give you some (laughs) or give me some pears and i'll give you some peaches this sounds really like boring but it's actually like a lot of fun and it's um, teaching it, you basic skills how to survive the apocalypse basically and i'm yes yeah kind of um how to make it out on your own man gather a ton of peaches and trade them for something um but it, it's it's the perfect kind of self-isolation quarantine game and and nevis and i um have been trading off uh the switch for a couple hours at a time because we both if you ha- if you're on the same console, you both live on the same island and share the same resources and things like that. Um, and then I'm sure some people listening um, love Animal Crossing. This is my first Animal Crossing game because like I've been a Nintendo kid and person for the longest time. I've owned every single Nintendo console, but I never played Animal Crossing. And it's gone all the way back to the GameCube days. Uh, that was the first Animal Crossing game, and then they've had them. But this is the first one on like a a big system for like a long time. So um, I, I'm super into it. I've been spending the majority of my Friday, Saturday, Sunday playing animal crossing. So I did take a break to watch the hunt on Friday night, um, which you guys can, like we mentioned, check out our review. But uh, other than that, I've been basically only playing animal crossing and then just kind of going for walks with Nevis when we uh, just get a little bit of fresh air trying to stay away from people though but right yeah more so than normal (laughs) yeah exactly 
um uh, yeah people like me and you can can deal with this probably um pretty well because we don't really like going out that much anyway no, we're but, homebodies um, i think you so but are, but are i know but like games that you think that a lot of people are playing right now or will be playing in the next couple of months like animal crossing or even the last of us that you could recommend to people that maybe they could sort of jump on and play for the next few five to six months or so i guess the biggest the biggest one for me is uh Final Fantasy 7 remake comes out next month in April and it looks like it it's finished so it do, it won't get delayed or anything. Um and Final Fantasy 7 again um a hugely immensely popular game in the uh late 90s uh for the original Sony PlayStation. Um they've uh they've finally remade it for ps4 um i played the demo is out right now if anyone wants to go check it out um on the playstation store and uh um i'm super excited for that because like it looks like they're splitting the game up into multiple parts for different games and stuff like that but um it was a game that i was obsessed with as a kid um cloud strife was like one of like he's this i don't know eric if you even know he has this big buster sword it's this thick sword and he has this spiky anime hair blonde hair uh blue suit anyways it's iconic you would maybe know it if you've seen it right uh final final fantasy 7 is one of the most famous games of all time and it's getting remade and it looks incredible and plays incredible so that comes out in april um right now i know like doom eternal so a new doom game um uh came out on friday um i haven't played doom in a while probably since doom 3 on xbox and then i remember the original dooms being like my uncle would have it on his computer when i was a kid and i would go play doom um or uh doom duke nukem oh yeah and um yeah return to castle wolfenstein were the games that like i would go play on my uncle's computer uh and star wars jedi knight um but yeah, Doom uh, has a brand new one called Doom Eternal that I know people are really, really enjoying, which came out on Friday. Um, you guys could watch the Doom movie with The Rock. <laughs> it's it's real that bad. The whole first person sequence. Yeah, Urban, where it is all from the first person. First person. Because they thought it would look like the game. Cool. That's terrible. That is it's yeah. Really bad. Where's our Duke Nukem um, movie? <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that. John Cena, man. I don't know. Yeah. I could see that happening. Um, but other than that, there's some, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this hits the gaming industry. Um, I know this is not a gaming podcast, but we've talked about video games for the first 20 minutes. But um, I think in this time, games are something you can really kind of dive into. And and it, it you have a lot of time in the evenings if you work still from home during the week and then on the weekends since you're not going out. But um, again, tons of movies you can binge. Look at all this stuff. We're going to talk about all the movies moving to VOD in a second in the news. We've already mentioned a ton of them but um i mean at least these companies are giving you things to you know stay at home and do um and they need to keep making money somehow so um and they're able to do that in these ways so um games are a good thing if you don't own a console i I think a lot of them are sold out right now on amazon and stuff because i'm sure a lot of people tried to buy a switch and different things as this started but um i'm having a blast with animal crossing right now and that's probably what i'll be doing for the foreseeable future with short breaks to watch movies so right um what have you been watching in the last kind of week since i last talked well to you? matt i've been facing my fears head on and have been having a mostly cathartic experience watching uh end of the world uh pandemic or epidemic movies so um 
I went through the uh, first three rec films again, the first two of which I, I really, really liked. The first one being, I think, in my opinion, one of the great uh, found footage movies and sort of taking place in this apartment complex and sort of from the point of view of a reporter kind of going in to investigate what's going on in this apartment and how the people have been infected by this unknown disease and kind of where that goes. And then unfortunately um, the, you know, for people that aren't familiar with the series, they probably saw the poster or the trailer for the American remake quarantine with uh, Jennifer Carpenter, which basically just gives away the, the, the ending of the movie, which is a, a great way that the film kind of ends. And then the second one is more about bringing in the military into this apartment complex, which is basically like, you know, alien to aliens, wreck to wreck two kind of thing. Um, the third one is not good, which takes place at a wedding and it kind of ditches the handheld sort of uh, found footage theme 20 minutes into the film. And it's just kind of a, a slog, but those first two movies are really, really well done. And if you're in the mood for, you know, not necessarily a zombie movie, but in that kind of vein, like it's closer to, 28 days later, like the, you know, an infection that's been spreading and it's really not talked about like where it's coming from. It's more to do with like how it affects this, you know, small community in a microcosm. Um, and speaking of, uh, uh, you know, like zombies or, or specifically 28 days later, I also rewatched uh, George A. Romero's The Crazies, which is also another kind of small town infected by a disease that turns people rabid and uh you know the 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 people in this town that the survivors that haven't been infected have to band together it's one of romero's kind of more forgotten films because other than his zombie movies a lot of his stuff kind of has been put by the wayside his best i think is his kind of like quasi vampire movie martin but this was an interesting rewatch arrow released it on blu-ray a few years ago and looking at it now it's it's an interesting film. It's it's fun, but it also is kind of a bit of a slog. But I think in comparison to the remake that they did, uh, that uh, Michael uh, Eisner directed, um, uh, it, it, it's one of those movies where it's like you can tell like it was made for like twenty dollars, you know. Um, but it but it has again like a lot of fun practical effects and like it's of the time, but it, it works for for the most part. And then also I rewatched. Uh, Todd Haynes's Safe, which which was a big movie in the mid '90s, and the first kind of collaboration with him and Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore plays a woman, sort of a housewife, who comes down with this unknown illness and how it affects her, and it's specifically like her breathing and her sight, and how it almost is this smothering force that basically uh, takes over her whole life and everything that she does. And I remember the first time watching this and being completely disturbed by it and now watching it, it still is a disturbing movie, but it's a great uh, performance driven film in a vehicle for Julianne Moore. But the way that, you know, Todd Haynes plays with the sort of the, the look of the movie, it does look like uh, a Douglas Sirk film in a way. And he kind of gives this false ending a false hope of an ending that uh, I think is kind of a downer but again it's immaculately made and put together and it's a, a criterion release which I would highly uh, uh, recommend out of the those movies that I've, I've watched and and the first two rec films are, are fantastic noise yeah 
Um, I saw you have a couple more on here. Yeah, so I, um, I rewatched uh, the Watchmen series. I really don't have anything else to say that we already had conversations about other than it's great. Uh, it's it's You were just hankering for a rewatch? Well, yeah, a little bit, especially after um, The Hunt, where I wanted to go back and kind of go through the writing specifically. And, and we'll talk more, where we have talked more about it on our review of The Hunt, where like both – the hunt and watchmen are written in a very kind of blunt fashion but i think one of the two does it better than the other in a non eye rolling kind of way like it's 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 abrasive and confrontational but at the same time it's commentary on what's going on in america i'm speaking obviously of of watchmen in this case feels genuine and it it's actually scratching the surface and getting into, you know, racial politics and politics of uh, a world that isn't very far off from what we're living in, where the hunt is very on the nose and like the writing feels like it has to like just get through a check mark or a list of check marks to sort of like say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have these words and the reference characters, yeah. you know, that it, it's very reactionary. And, and it's just weird because like, you think like how subtle Damon Lindelof and, and, you know, Nick Q's were with Watchmen compared to how sort of, blunt this is. So it was, it was interesting rewatching it. Cause again, I think Watchmen works because there's a writer's room kind of going through every episode and each storyline and really discussing it where it almost feels like this was kind of written on the fly where it's like okay we have time between doing the watchman let's do a movie that's more of a satire that is kind of high concept almost uh playing up the the you know the the two sides of the spectrum in terms of politics but there's such a nuance weirdly with with Watchmen so um it was great re rewatching it and I, and I honestly think that it's one of the the best shows in the last 10 years uh and I and I kind of don't really need a a, a follow-up season you know like it's it's completely satisfying as it is no I'm with you and I I, I and I I completely agree with everything that you said like uh, no offense to Nick Hughes but I feel like this is more of a, a maybe a Nick Hughes thing and, and using Lindelof to kind of not saying that he couldn't have uh, uh, slid in there because of his dad too, but I just feel like putting Lindelof's name on it g gave it a little bit more, you know, pizzazz when you're trying to sell it through and not saying that Jason Blum wouldn't have just taken a, a Nick Hughes script, but uh, I totally agree with you. And I, yeah, Watchmen is incredible. I've been kind of holding off hoping for a 4k release. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if you know. The only thing I've heard um, is that it's getting a Blu-ray release uh, in June. So, so I hope a 4k comes with that, but right. we'll see. Yeah. And then, so speaking of video games, actually, this ties in nicely. I rewatched uh, David Cronenberg's Existence, which came out around the same time as The Matrix. And it's about a group of gamers that go under this kind of video game console that's made out of like this like weird like parasite when you're in the virtual world and it has uh jennifer jason lee and jude law and it sort of is looking at the levels of reality and what's real and what's not and you know it, there's one scene where they make this gun out of like chicken bones and you can definitely tell it's you know it's a david cronenberg movie and i weirdly this this will sound like a contrarian hot take but i prefer it more than the matrix in terms of what it's sort of you know diving into and it and it's it feels a little less 
dated because it's not as stylish, but it still is very much a David Cronenberg movie. I mean, all the consoles look like, you know, they're cut out human flesh and they're pulsating and moving. And there's a lot of stop motion animation that's used throughout the film with, with creature effects. And it's all connected to the human body. And Willem Dafoe gives a really creepy performance as this mechanic that law and uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee meet up with halfway through. So it's, it's, it's an interesting movie. I, I would, I would be curious to get your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I'd love to go through and watch Cronenberg's stuff, um, but uh, I just haven't had the time to go do that. Uh, sorry, I'm getting feedback on your end air. That's okay. <laughs> That's why I'm like stopping. I don't know why all of a sudden. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is like we're trying to figure this out. I'm just looking at this now. Any better? Can you hear? Can you still hear me? Let me let me test. No, I'm still getting hella feedback. What about now? Um, I, oh, now it's okay, but now it's okay. okay. I turned Weird. down the volume volume a little bit, so uh, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. Talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm still getting feedback. Apologies, everyone. Yes, this is a learning experience uh, here. What about now? I don't think you can. It's fine now, but can you still? I hear can me? still hear you. Yeah. Okay, then let's keep going with that. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Again, um, we're <laughs> I was trying to we're learning. It's growing. No, pains, it's okay. Right? Like you should have seen us. The you know the last half an hour or so trying to figure out how to do all of this and put it together. So you know there, there's only one way to go, and it's up from here, right? Yeah. What I was I was trying to talk about Cronenberg, and I kept hearing my own voice. And you know when you hear like an echo of your own voice, and you can't, it starts fucking with your head, and you can't actually say what you're trying to say because all you can hear is your own voice um yeah i would love to go through cronenberg stuff i've just like i've seen bits and pieces here and there i've just never actually sat down and like watched all of his movies and i would love to do that one day so maybe this is the perfect time but um we we've been talking we were thinking about maybe doing depending on how long this fucking thing goes like doing some sort of series where we watch you know one or two a week of something whether it's a director or a a series kind of like what we did with the rocky movies leading into creed 2 uh, and kind of what like I stole from the kind of funny guys, which they've been doing with their in review series. I just think that we could maybe tackle some things that maybe um, they wouldn't not saying that a lot of them wouldn't enjoy some of those movies, but they stick to some of the bigger, you know, bigger filmmakers, bigger franchises where maybe we can do, you know, a, a poly V retrospective or something. I'd like be that. down. I'd be down. Um, yeah. Um, um, I'll, yeah, I was just going to quickly run through the last else? couple of things that I, uh, that I watched. So, uh, for the first time, I'd never seen it before, but I remember always as a kid going to, you know, a Blockbuster or Rogers and seeing the cover of it. And I was like, oh, it's on Amazon uh, Prime right now, so I'll give it a go. And I think it's supposed to come out on Blu-ray in, in June. But it's a, it's a film called Split Second, and originally it was supposed to be like an L.A.-based kind of like apocalyptic film where, you know, like global warming is hit. But they moved it to London because it was rewritten over and over again, and the company that picked it up was a was a British company. 
And it stars Rucker Hauer as like this kind of dirty, hairy esque cop who is after a serial killer who happens to be a giant eight foot tall monster ripping out his victims' hearts and eating them, and then also taunting Rutger Hauer. Um, it co stars uh, Kim Cattrall and Alistair Duncan, who in the movie is credited as Neil Duncan. Um, and it's funny because it takes place in 2008 and it's uh, after the effects of global warming. So, like, the River Thames have flooded the streets of London. So, all the sets, like, the the, the exterior sets are, are filled with water as the characters are, are running through. It's basically a mashup of uh, Alien and Blade Runner and even, like, some of the, the weaponry looks like they just took it from uh, Blade Runner specifically. Rucker Hauer is a lot of fun playing this, like you know, over the top on edge cop who drinks nothing but coffee and smokes cigars that are lit from, uh, culinary, uh, uh, flame, uh, torches and things like that. And you know, it, it plays in the, the typical tropes, but it's not as fun. And it's kind of a little disjointed because it has been rewritten so many times and they brought in a second unit director because the original director of the film kind of had a falling out halfway through, but the creature design is, is interesting because they basically uh, made it look like uh, venom and the predator with a little bit of alien in it. And the guy worked on it was Steve Norrington who would go on to direct uh, the first blade movie. And then also sadly a league of extraordinary gentlemen. Um, but it was kind of a fun watch again, like it plays into the, the cliches of those genres that you, you know, are familiar with, whether it be the cop movie, the creature feature, that kind of thing. So yeah. And, and Rucker Hauer is a lot of fun. And it's speaking of Paul Verhoeven, you know, a guy who's worked with him plenty of times. And then the last movie that I rewatched, hadn't seen it since I was a kid was April Fool's Day. Uh, it's a movie that, uh, Screen Factory is re-releasing uh, this coming week, uh, a new Blu-ray through through them. Um, it was a Paramount movie uh, in the late 80s, uh, 1986. And again, playing with like the slasher uh, movie tropes because it was basically sort of uh, coming off the heels of the success of the Friday the 13th films and My Bloody Valentine, any kind of holiday-based slasher flick so it's a little bit of a cheat but i won't give away the ending but basically it's a group of friends who all kind of get together for a weekend and it's shot in the maritimes in 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 uh in canada but it's not a canadian based production it's just hiding the fact that it was shot in 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 canada although uh uh, Leah Pinsent, Gordon Pinsent's daughters in the movie. Uh, it's a group of friends. They get together um, to go to this island and one of their friends has invited them there and they all play pranks on each other. But these pranks and practical jokes all become uh, a little too real at one point and one by one characters are knocked off. So um, cast wise, there's not a lot of people that you'd recognize, but uh, Thomas F. Wilson is one of the sort of the main group of teens who's probably best known as Biff from the Back to the Future movies. Uh, and Amy Steele, who is the final girl in Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, there's some fu- fun special features on the disc. There's a behind the scenes interview with uh, Fred Walton, who's the director of the movie and um, some of the actors. And it's OK. Like, it's it's more of a curiosity than anything. And that's it for me. Cool. I'm opening some wine. Yes. I'm opening a bottle of wine. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you know what? It's we're quarantining. Let's have some wine. Um, that's it for you. Uh, 
well, speaking of Corona um, and Disney villainous, uh, <laughs> I watched Tangled um, with Nevis. So uh, Nevis and I, I think I talked about it. We drove to Buffalo a week before my trip to LA to, um, I mean, mostly to go get this villainous expansion pack uh, that came with Cruella DeVille, Mother Gothel, and Pete from Steamboat Willie. Um, Nevis, do you actually, could you do this? So, uh, cause I'm talking, <laughs> be careful. Um, Nevis is going to have some wine with me too. Um, so we drove to get this expansion pack. We played with the different characters and then Nevis and I were like, what we've been doing with a lot of these Disney villainous, um, villains after we play them or, um, or before even, um, what am I doing? Sorry. Sorry. I can just Nevis see Nevis's hand tell, enter touch the frame something. every now and again. Um, it's really funny. Corona. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, we watched tangled and something that didn't even clue in until like, I think after, or even maybe before we played it, but, um, it's about a young girl who is not necessarily in self isolation. She was sort of kidnapped. Um, not sort of, she was kidnapped. Um, but she's in isolation and the town is called Corona. What the fuck? Prescient. Isn't that weird? Did you know Disney knew? Um, so anyways, that was weird, uh, but it's a good movie. I haven't watched it uh, since it came out, which was, I think, 10 years ago, wasn't it? 2010? Yeah, it was, it was one of the um, early uh, Disney Studio animation releases. Uh, and it holds up. It, it's quite good. It's a solid uh, Disney princess movie. Uh, Pascal the Chameleon is awesome. Uh, Disney really knows how to put a cute animal or small uh alien baby into everything um so there's always some sort of cute animal that i um that everyone falls in love with um i think the music is good um i mean what kept triggering uh, or not triggering but like bringing up in my head was your conversation with quentin tarantino about if tangled was better than frozen or something yeah, wasn't it tarantino something like that or he was having tangled. that conversation with someone and it was even it was pretty uh, funny as and well I because uh I've talked about it on the show before, but he literally said fuck frozen and Christopher uh, Buck was there and who was the co-director of the frozen movies. And he didn't realize that he was there. Everyone. So is Matt drink some wine? Um, But yeah, it's um, it's yeah. Uh, Cheers to everyone. Have a drink uh, with us. Um, We're having a Robert uh, Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, And uh, but Tangle's good. You're so much more elegant when you describe the movies that you watch. Where I'm like, oh, Tangle's pretty fucking dope. Uh, Music's good. Uh, The chameleon's good. Um, Mandy Moore also quite good. Um, Who's the prince? It's not. isn't it a uh, Zachary yeah. Levi? Yeah. It's Shazam himself. Um, I still haven't gotten to Shazam. We haven't made it through Aquaman yet. I'm like halfway through Aquaman and Nevis is Nevis gave up. She's like, I can't watch the rest it's of this. It's too long. It's um, too long. Yeah. Um, it is too long. I think it, that's his biggest issue, but, um, yeah, tangled super enjoyable. I don't know if it's better than frozen. I don't know what side of the fence I would uh, fall on that. I think both are, are quite enjoyable. Uh, Frozen 2 is available on Disney Plus now. I don't know if we talked about that last now, week. Now, speaking but. of Tarantino, though, how how much feet uh, are throughout the uh, – or how, how many uh, foots per square inch are, are in the movie? <laughs> are entangled? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's barefooted for the most of it, but I have well, there no you idea. go. That's why I didn't pay attention. We made a foot joke about Quentin Tarantino. I'm explaining it to Nevis, um, because she can't hear you. So, um, she says she gathered by the creepy remark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I also watched, um, which I missed in theaters was, uh, Jumanji, the next level. So that came out to rent on Tuesday. Um, so I'm like, fuck it. I'll pay $7 to watch it in 4k Dolby Atmos. So, um, and it's, it's good. I mean, I don't like, again, there's not much to say about it, but like, I thought it was perfectly enjoyable. Like, um, I, it's basically, it is a retread, but I liked the addition of, um, I mean, if you just keep that going with like, hey, what impersonation can you do? And then you cast those actors and have The Rock and Kevin Hart and and Jack Black and and um, Karen Gillan like do funny impersonations of people. You know what? I'll keep watching that shit. I don't care. Right. (laughs) It's not really like I didn't rush to go see it in theaters, but um, I don't know. I thought it was perfectly enjoyable, Um, mostly a retread, but I liked the kind of new additions to the cast, which I had no idea were in it. Um, where they kept those pretty, um, uh, pretty locked down. Like, uh, and I won't spoil it here because I do think that you guys should watch it. I think it's an enjoyable, you know, seven dollar rent. Um, I would say it's a plane movie, but I don't suggest that you travel anywhere right now. So maybe watch it at home. Um, but yeah, it's a solid seven dollar rental. Um, I think the perfect movie to just watch at home because who cares. Yeah, and the bridge sequence is actually really, really well done. Like as a set piece, it, it's very entertaining. And and I and again, I don't want to give away also who who pops up in the movie, but I think one person does an impression better than the other. And I'll I'll tell you after we've finished recording. But like I like them both. But like you can tell, like one really kind of like commits to it more, or is at least better doing an impression of this person than the other. Um, but it, yeah, it's a fun movie, and I, I I agree with you. Like it is just basically a remake. Of the I last think I know who you're changing about, it up yeah. in terms of who the avatars are, which I think is the best way to do it. And they do leave it open for a third movie, which I'm sure again, you know, once all this is said and done will happen because these movies make a lot of money. Like, like even before the closure of the, uh, you know, the Cineplex and, and, and landmark, it was still playing in theaters. So it goes to show you how popular these movies are. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, again, I think they're easy watches. I feel like it was the perfect, um, escapism for, you know, two hours or hour, 45 minutes, whatever the hell it was on, on Tuesday evening, just put down my phone and kind of giggle and go, ah, that was enjoyable. And then never really think about it again. Um, so you know what, I'll take these kind of, you know, fluff movies every once in a while. Yeah. And and it's funny because Uh, it's the only movie I can really deal with like Kevin Hart series. Um, in the nineties after the first movie, but it never kind of came together. I I, I was just speaking of this because um, there's a podcast that I've been listening to, and I actually would recommend uh, you check it out at one point as well, at least a couple episodes on there called best movies never made. Um, It, they only started last year, but it's these two guys, uh, Josh Miller, who's the co-writer of uh, the Sonic, the Hedgehogs uh, movie. And um, uh, I I believe his name is Steve. I'm just looking it up right now. But anyways, he's the producer of uh, Jordorowski's Dune. 
Steve Carpaccio and and both of these guys basically each week focus on a movie that almost came into fruition and wasn't made, but they talk with the filmmaker or filmmakers that were going to make the movies or somebody that's in the industry. So one of the episodes, which is like a five part uh, 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 episode or like five episodes in total is one where they go behind the scenes of uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie and originally how it was supposed to star Dustin Hoffman and Danny DeVito as Mario and Luigi and how th- this version of the film never got made and how the eventual Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo movie got made. Then they also go through, there's another four part uh, series where they talk about um, the making of Spider-Man, which was originally going to be a Canon film in the 1980s. And then James Cameron was going to direct it in the nineties and how he changed the names of Sandman and Electro to just kind of like generic character names. And he wanted either Edward Furlong or Leonardo DiCaprio for, for, spider-man so it's it's actually kind of fun listening to some of these like movies that never got made because the one that i liked the most was um guillermo del toro's at the uh mountains of madness which he actually during those tours that he had where, where he kind of showed like all of his exhibits had these sculptures of these giant seven foot albino penguins these blind set mutated penguins that were a part of the movie that were commissioned and and modeled and and you can go onto their their Instagram account and look at them and there's some actually funny uh, behind the scenes uh, photos of the original Toad and the original uh, King Koopa that look completely disturbing so I r- would recommend that that as well. I just subscribed because that sounds awesome. I love that kind of shit of like, here's what almost happened. Here are the directors attached, the actors attached or like, I love reading that even like in the dumb IMDB trivia and stuff like that of like, this guy was almost cast or this person and this person was in the running What this person got the role. So I think there was a book called uh, the best movies never made as well, um, which I wanted to pick up, but um, this podcast sounds awesome. I just, yeah. It, so, and it's, and it only um, just started. So it, it was last year where they kind of began, but these two guys have, again like josh miller who's kind of the the, one of the co-hosts i mean he just wrote sonic and they he even talks about how like when he started working on that how much it changed and other projects that he's been working on that never kind of came together but yeah if you're a fan of like the movies that never were but you heard about them for years and years and years and you know like i'm sure one day uncharted will end up being on one of their episodes (laughs) It's quite possible. Um, so yeah, those are the only two things that I really watched um, uh, movie-wise this week. I've been catching up on like some TV. Uh, Nevis and I watch Survivor every week. We've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, the Masked Singer keeps rolling on. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it wasn't Sarah Palin this week, but was it last week? It sure was. Um, what a dumb fucking show, but, uh, we put that on before bed. It's what the world um, needs now. Nights, so. Uh, but that's it for me. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, we kind of have somewhat of a regular show this week, but, uh, for staying at home, um, Eric, you kind of listed through everything that's going to be, um, coming out on VOD in the next week or so. And I think this is really only the beginning. Um, and I, I guess we can just uh, – did you want to talk about Hidden Life or just – Yeah, it's I, I just want to quickly say uh, Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life is on Blu-ray uh, right now and it, there's not much in terms of special features. So maybe Criterion 
we'll release it down the line and and have more supplements on it. But um, in terms of a movie that's just a beautiful looking film and like really sort of shows the landscape of 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 Austria. I I would recommend it just to put it on in the background almost and just kind of maybe escape in into the landscape of of Terrence Malick's movies because they're you know beautifully shot they're wide open they kind of make you feel like you're in the environment and and I think you know right now people could use something like that right where it's you know you you feel like you're you're transported to another time and place uh, agreed. I mean, it's a movie that I've wanted to give another shot to. Um, it is in 4K on digital, if anyone's interested. Um, but it's a beautiful movie. It just, you know, me with the length. I think that was my biggest issue. But um, but it is a, a gorgeous movie. And I feel like the more I thought about it, the more I, I feel like if I, that was the only movie I watched that day and it wasn't 9 a.m. in the morning, I might have enjoyed it a bit more. Um, and I didn't not enjoy it. I just it's hard for me to get around um, a runtime like that. Um, but there are I, I, again, I just feel like maybe if I didn't see four other movies um, the rest of that day, too, or, or it was near the end of the festival as well for us. So, um, OK, let's talk about. uh yeah, I want to talk about all the uh, movies coming out on VOD and kind of where we see this uh, moving. And then we can just talk about the news in general of what's happened over the last week. So um, I want to kick it off with the news that um, something you and I have been calling for since we recorded uh, last weekend was that um, cinemas hadn't closed when we last spoke to each other. I mean, AMC in the US and a couple other theater chains were implementing, you know, 50% capacity. And then it went down to only 50 people in the theaters down to then eventually the CDC and the, and the American government said no gatherings more than 10 people. And then you saw here in Canada, um, Cineplex and landmark theaters kind of follow suit with that where they weren't necessarily closing down right away. And it took until the end of last no it was like the middle of this week wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah um when the when the notice came out cuz you sent me the message that landmark finally and you tweeted a couple times about it i i feel like a bunch of our colleagues in uh, at least the toronto film community were kind of you know quote tweeting and adding cineplex to be like why the fuck are you still letting people go to the movies? And then um, you started to see throughout this week, uh, Draft House say that they're shutting down their theaters for the time being. You saw AMC do it. Um, you saw uh, Regal Cinemas. I think Regal was the first one actually in the US. And then, um, and then you're seeing, then finally Cineplex and Landmark almost at the same time here in Canada sent out a press release that they were um, closing down for the time being. Um, and then that trickled through the industry of, um, and I think we already started to see this kind of come out with the releases of, you know, Frozen 2 coming to Disney Plus early. And then we started to see, you know, um, the first one being The Hunt and, uh, and Invisible Man and Emma being available on VOD for this $20 premium rental because they're brand new movies uh, with Trolls World Tour following suit on April the 5th, I believe, 10th. Um, April 10th being a premium VOD rental or to, I, I'm not sure if that one will be available to purchase cause it's a day and date one, but, um, that's wild. And then you started to see other people follow suit. Like you mentioned with birds of prey and the way back, uh, as well as that Christian fucking rock movie with, um, fucking Archie and, 
there are a couple others that have kind of come out that are really quickly after they were, they were the last movies to be released into theaters before everything shut down. Um, and then the craziest one to me was Disney announcing that onward, uh, was available almost immediately to stream. Um, if you wanted to purchase it for $25 or in two weeks, at least in the U S I haven't confirmed if it's going to be available in other regions. Um, I'm assuming it'll be available in Canada, but I haven't reached out to Disney to, um, I'm going to check the press release while you're talking. Yet, but, I'll, I'll see if yeah. they mention it in there. And then um, it will be available on Disney Plus on April 3rd or 5th, but early April for Disney Plus. So a couple weeks, um, which I think is the craziest, uh, the craziest one. Um, so, I mean, Eric, this is just the beginning of everything um, where we talked about last week of like where we think this is going. And uh, depending on how long this goes, how much it could affect um, both independent cinemas and the big chains um have has your thought changed over the last week since I, it was pretty new when me and you talked about it last week and a lot has come out this week of movies getting you know pushed and delayed we've seen movies now into july um start getting pushed uh, minions the rise of Gru, uh what a pity. got uh delayed um, which I would never watch anyway, but um, that's an early July movie, wasn't it? I think it, it was and mid-July. It's gotten already pushed. So, yeah, so it's gotten pushed already. So, and mind you, with animated uh, films, they might be working down to the wire to finish that stuff. So they might just be realistic of if, if all of their employees are already you know working from home or sent home. Um, they probably had no chance to finish it on time, so they're just getting ahead of that. Um, where some other movies that are in post-production could probably, you know, finish and and come out if theaters were open. Um, so that's why I don't think we've seen live action stuff into, you know, July start moved yet. Like we haven't seen anyone uh, Paramount talk about Tenet at all or, uh, or sorry, Warner Brothers, Brothers yeah. with Tenet, right? Um, yeah. Um, and, and Warner Brothers had conversations about bringing Wonder Woman 1984 to streaming, which then they have come back and said, no, uh, it will be a theatrical release. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot going on, but I just wanted to see if you've, if your thoughts have changed over the last week and with everything shutting down now, and you literally cannot go to the movies now and you can only watch them at home. Like, where do you see this like going in the next, you know, couple weeks and well, it's month, it's a good question still to ask because it's it's evolving, right? We're we're in unknown territory uh, right now. You know, you you can say or you can have that argument of saying like, once the pandemic has been lifted, people are going to be you know anxious to have those communal experiences again and going to the movies or going out to dinner or just being in the vicinity of of others you know right now we feel isolated and even though we're you know we're having a conversation uh online right now we, i think our you know some of the technical difficulties have shown that you know being in person and having a conversation is is much more fulfilling than than necessarily you know playing games online which can be fun and, it, and it's a great way to kind of you know sort of kill some time and be a time waster but there is that human sort of experience that we all sort of crave after a while and 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 so in terms of like the short term answer i think that theaters will do quite well once everything does reopen again but this is also sort of a time where the industry itself is now really looking at 
streaming as a possibility and keeping an eye on how certain movies do, you know, via, you know, day and date or, or, you know, being put online at a premium. So with the invisible man and, and Emma specifically like those two movies and even the hunt to a certain extent, it's almost like universal was cutting their losses because they were just released at, you know, a time where especially the hunt because emma and and the invisible man invisible man was released in february and and it probably had made as much money as it was going to during its theatrical run and it's probably actually done even better because of it being released on that weekend so in in a way it was just kind of like oh you know we're speeding up the process and getting it out there and the same thing with even like something like bad boys for life or sonic the hedgehog i mean those movies have had their 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 traditional theatrical run and have basically run their course but with the hunt it was just kind of like what do we do with this thing we've just released it you know the pandemic has been officially announced like we can't do much other than you know release this on on online and the same thing with emma where emma was a platform release and it was starting to go wide as things were, were were going south so you're seeing those movies maybe have a second life on VOD. The ones that will be more interesting, and even in a way, Trolls World Tour is a movie that I could see just being a VOD movie. And the same thing with the Minions film, where like Universal could decide, okay, we'll release this on VOD if you know we're still in a situation like this in July or August. Um, but it would be more interesting to see a movie like Wonder Woman 1984 which was supposed to obviously be a theatrical release and still is one at, at this moment, go the the VOD day and date route because then that would be sort of showing you the beginning of the end of cinemas. And I think the cinemas right now that are going to be hurting the most are the smaller ones. And there are companies like Kino Lorber, which are starting up this really kind of interesting interactive cinema online where you can watch um, a movie like, Baccarat, which played at TIFF uh, last year and is playing or was playing in limited, very limited release uh, before all of this happened. And now you, if you're in the U.S. anyways, you can watch it online on their website through their this interactive streaming service that's like a virtual movie theater. And the proceeds for the film go back to the theaters that were originally playing it. But I think the smaller independent theaters are going to be hit the hardest at this point because they, you know, thrive on, you know, the the second run releases and the community in general. So in, in terms of where we're living, movie theaters like The Paradise, which just recently opened, might have a hard go of it trying to reopen the Royal is another theater. So like buying gift certificates or memberships to them to keep them going for right now is, is an important thing. But in, in terms of, um, you know, the, the overall, like the, the big picture where we're going long-term, it, it could affect things like it's Netflix and Amazon and Apple TV plus and, and Disney plus have shown you that, you know, people will watch things at home, but now if, something like this kind of changes the game and, and sort of looks at it. But, but there's a lot of theaters that or, or a lot of studios will, that will hold back. Like they'll, they'll take their Christopher Nolan movie because Christopher Nolan has 
pull on something like Tenet and say like, no, we'll hold this until the theaters open again, whether that's, you know, moved to the fall or next year. I think what we're going to see is a very backloaded 2020 and then also a lot of stuff moved to 2021. I mean, Fast and Furious uh, 9 the, of the Fast Saga is moving to next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of uh, mid-range to big-budget movies end up moving to the end of this year or into uh, 2021. And then the other question that's going to be interesting is that, you know, the Cannes Film Festival re- recently got delayed. So is that going to come up again at the end of the summer or into fall? Is that going to infringe on, you know, festivals like Venice and TIFF? I mean, Venice right now is is probably the biggest question mark because Italy has been hit so hard by the virus. Um, so how is that going to happen? And, and and again, like the movies that are going to play at these festivals. So films that might open in the summer that are the smaller movies, like say a 24 has another, you know, farewell esque movie or something like that, that was supposed to open in the summer gets delayed to the fall that plays it at, you know, TIFF or New York or, or, or somewhere or Telluride, um, how does this, how does that work in terms of like other movies being bumped or being moved? Right. So it's almost like this shuffling of, of movies. Yeah. I don't really have an answer to the question, but like, it, it's really hard for me to determine uh, what's going to happen. I have no idea. And it's like, I, I mean, I watched the hunt at home the other night and it was an interesting experience. Like I, I paused it a few times. I, um, I, I found myself, you know, taking a photo of the TV and sending Nevis things like the Croatian license plate or someone I thought looked like Piers Handling. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like it was, it, it didn't. It, you lose. It's something I said about like the Star Wars movies a little bit too, where. Um, when solo came out and we got that slew of star Wars movies where we had like three within like, you know, an 18 month period or something like that. And it just felt like star Wars wasn't special anymore. Like to the point where like, sometimes you want to want something right. And you want, or you miss it when you don't have it. And like, I mean, me and you, like, I know we love going to the movies and we like seeing things in a cinema. I think a lot of people could flip the switch and they could watch stuff at home and be, okay with it and i found myself i love the convenience of you know 4k hdr um i had my airpods in so the sound isn't super great but i mean it was it was fine um and my tv is great and you don't have any of the distractions of like all the fucking knobs that go to the cinemas and and ruin your experience with talking and texting and and all of the you don't have to leave your house and take a 25 minute streetcar. You don't have to get coronavirus. You don't have to like, there's tons of, tons of pros. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it just, it, it's, I don't, you made a good point of like, it, it'll take a movie like a wonder woman, um, to, to be day and date, just like first available at home, like a big gigantic, you know, superhero or superhero movie or blockbuster, um, for it to maybe sink in of being like, is this a, a thing that people want to just do at home and not go to the movies anymore? And we've talked about it for a long time as, as TVs get better and as the sound systems get better and your experience at your home is almost just as good as the cinemas. Maybe the screen's not as big, but I mean, the quality is probably going to be better than some of these multiplexes. Um, 
it's a hard thing to argue why you wouldn't want to just watch everything at home. And I mean, there'll be certain movies that, yeah, you probably want a big screen for like a tenant, like you mentioned, but I don't know, like a movie like the hunt felt perfect to watch at home. Like I didn't need to go to a theater for that. And I'll be curious to see like what falls in that category and what falls in the cinema category. And I think, I mean, the, the middle ground's already fallen out and I feel like if the cinemas come back and if they come back in in some way, then I feel like they are going to be changed and we might have a world where only the biggest of big movies really end up in cinemas and, and some of this middle to smaller stuff goes straight to, you know, day and date. They might be like, they might be available in theaters for the people who want to go see them there. But I feel like these test runs of these movies that studios are putting out, I feel like they'll learn a lot and see if they want to continue that. And I know cinemas might push back, but it's going to be depending on how long this thing goes. Like I think a lot of these things are in trouble. The smaller ones are in trouble, like you mentioned, but I think some of you, even the bigger theater chains that are already, you know, in debt because they keep wanting to open new cinemas or new things. And they're holding all this debt that they believe that they would pay off. um, This is hurting them immensely closing their hundreds and, sometimes thousands of locations and um i just i don't know if some like amc there was an article like um that like they might not be able to survive this depending on how long it goes and like uh some people talking about is this cineplex deal with that um with the uk um uh uh, brand that's going to buy them is that going to go through after this because they could be in trouble because of all of this so like if we start to see multi like i mean we've been saying the multiplex needs to die for for a long time i mean it's i don't want to see those hundreds and hundreds of people lose their jobs obviously a lot of young kids work at these theaters um i mean a lot of people rely on that those jobs and that's hundreds of and jobs you got your start there but, too um i think this is going to be a swift kicking the ass to the industry and try to figure out how we fix this when it comes back or if people I did I mean I I owe a lot to Cineplex and I mean I still write I I wrote for them very very recently and I've I've had a relationship with that company for a long time um but I uh I don't know man we'll we'll have to see um how this nets out and it's 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 so hard to predict um what's going to happen and i just it it's so much has changed in a week that i don't know um what what will happen when this all ends i think you probably cut out there and missed a lot of my conversation but that's again we apologize for any of these uh technical errors but um yeah it's we're in an unknown space right now and it's just it's interesting because you know you can you can look at what is there and 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 talk about it i mean there has been this discussion of the death of cinema or at least theater chains in general and you bringing up the you know amc being in debt and cineplex trying to expand its monopoly on other ventures whether it be you know the palladiums and and what have you but it it does feel like this could be the nail in the coffin at least for the experience that we've known as the you know theatrical experience um and i mean again i i don't want to predict what's going to happen because we just don't know at this point but it's we're in unknown territory and it's it's going to be interesting to see where we end up in you know 
a, a year, two years from now. And I worry, I do worry about like even like not just, you know, a festival like TIFF being possibly canceled this year, but the idea of like what would happen to TIFF, you know, in the coming years, not just the festival, but, you know, the, the, the cinema as a whole and what happens to, you know, people that work there, obviously, and, and, and the experience of it all and what happens to the industry like how does that change because yeah like they're not going to release bond you know on on a streaming service i mean the reason why it moved to november is because they're going to release it theatrically but then if you don't have the exhibitor anymore to release these movies how does that work for the industry themselves and how does that work for the movie that is being produced you know how did how does a movie get greenlit then you know like what decides that factor is it is it a movie that's only going to be you know an indie film that you can release day and date and won't quote unquote have an effect on you know the theatrical experience if you see it in a big theater or not or, or do these blockbusters end up going by the wayside because they are pretty expensive to make and as much as like you know someone like christopher nolan is 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 usually a surefire bet as a filmmaker I mean, they, they still cost a lot of money to make. And, and the expectation is, you know, can they make the same amount of money on VOD as they do in the theater? Yeah, man. And I mean, we keep bringing up Nolan. And I mean, he wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post, which you guys should all read, um, asking people like a, basically pleading with people to try and support, you know, their local cinemas and just cinemas as a whole during this time. Because like, I mean, and it's not just the the entertainment industry. I mean, this is hitting every industry very, very hard. The, the restaurant industry is getting, you know, pummeled right now, being forced to basically close down other than, you know, take out in most places. Um, a lot of places are asking people, you know, uh, order takeout from your local restaurants that you love because, you know, um, without that or buy gift cards, like you said, I mean, this isn't just the entertainment industry, but you, you, you're seeing some industries plead for bailouts and, and, and things like that. And I think an article I recently said that, yeah, the theater owners are pushing, um, for a relief bill to avoid bankruptcy. So, I mean, the cinema industry is going to be one of those industries that is going to have to plead to the government and be one of those, you know, few that probably gets relief from the government this uh, after this. Cause I mean, you're seeing some things like, you know, things that you're like, Oh, how the fuck are we giving, you know, millions and billions of dollars to industries like, you know, the casino industry and like all this shit that like when we're holding back money for health and things like that, at least in the U S Canada is different. But, um, I mean, these places uh, employ tons and tons of people. So will cinemas make the cut of something where the government goes, yeah, you know what, this is worth saving. We need to give you guys some money. Um, I, I don't know. Like that's a, a tough thing to, you know, I don't know if it falls in that category, but, uh, I hope, that they survive. I mean, I've said for a while that I I've always predicted if I never thought it would go this way or this is how it would happen, but I always predicted a future where, you know, multiplexes are probably eventually going to go away. This just kind of takes it out at its knees. Um, and then we go to a world where independent cinema might thrive again. Like, I mean, yes, in the, in the short term, um, they might, struggle really really hard with this but i think once all is said and done if multiplex 
multiplexes end up going or even if a big company like a cineplex or some other company um you know even if an apple or a disney or depending on what happens um they might own we might go back to a a way where we have one two theater kind of more like the elgin and winter garden like that have you know 500 to 1500 seats um and it's a single cinema and it only plays the biggest movies right um, and do more of a roadshow style presentation for a lot of this stuff. Um, I could see that happening for like the biggest of the big movies that would change the, um, the landscape incredibly. And I think you get most things on VOD, but you'll get those big blockbusters or the biggest dramas like a Tarantino movie or a Scorsese movie. Um, uh, I mean, name X director, um, there, um, and, I think those movies might go the roadshow route and play at big single seat cinemas for a week or two in an exclusive run. And then you're going to get things on VOD. That's my prediction, which I've been saying for a long time. And now seeing what's happening right now, um, I could see this coming back and the ones that do survive, like we'll give it a, the old college try again, but I think it's going to take a long time. Like you said, people might be eager to go back to restaurants and movies. I think that's what you were saying, but like, I don't know after this, if people will, I just feel like it's going to take a long ass oh, people time. Will be like, afraid. It's going to take that's a long for time sure. for the WHO and this. Um, but I, but yeah. I do think, and I think it's going to take a while for the WHO and, and other people to, actually say it's okay to you know gather in large groups again and once that even happens i feel like you're it, you're gonna see people reluctant and especially if they get used to watching new movies at home um yeah i don't think people are thrilled with the 20 dollar price tag but i mean if you're sharing it with one other person that you live with that's the same price as a movie ticket so um i don't know it, i have no fucking idea but i feel like every week when we record this podcast it's going to completely change so it's going to be fascinating to yeah. kind of watch like you got to think everything that's coming up in the next month or two is going to be on VOD for the most part, except for those giant movies that, I mean, uh, the lovebirds moved to Netflix. That was another big thing that happened this week. Um, I think it's going to be the first of many. Yeah. Well, especially with Paramount as well, because I mean, they do have a deal, um, internationally with Netflix. And so they could take some of their smaller to mid range movies and, and, you know, sell them to Netflix like they did even with Cloverfield Paradox. Um, but and we also have to recognize as well, like, I mean, all of this is not as important as, you know, people who right now are struggling to buy groceries or, you know, paying their rent. And, and like, those are the 1, things 000%. that are also, you know, the most important right now in terms of like housing and, 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 hydro and things of that nature where you know some people are are truly you know afraid of what's going to happen to their job or if they're going to be able to come back to a job or what they're going to be able to do in terms of living paycheck to paycheck so those things are obviously more important than than entertainment at this point but it is good to kind of talk about it all because again this is this is this is almost like our you know depression era in, 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 a, in a weird way. Like we've never been through anything like this and people are still only starting to really take it seriously. Like I think, you know, our, our parents' generation and our grandparents are, you know, kind of have gone through things like this and have ex are, are, you know, 
honestly taking it as seriously as possible. But then when you get to our generation and the generation that's below us, I feel like it's only just now starting to really sink in that this is serious. Like, yeah, okay, it's 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 a it's a flu, and chances are, you know, people in our age bracket will be fine. But it's still, you know, there's still no there's still no cure, you know, and 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 there's still no vaccine created as of yet, and that'll probably take. A, a few years at this point and and you have to think like okay who is this going to infect and can the disease or can the virus mutate and that's another thing so like we have to nip this thing in the bud and the, the best way to do it is to listen to you know the cdc and who and 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 experts on the subject and not take secondhand information and actually take it seriously like it's it's you know you don't want to you don't want to live in fear and you don't want to psych yourself out to be afraid of everything. But at the same time, you do have to look at this and like, this is affecting everybody. It's not just contained to one country or, you know, a suburb or community you've never heard about in a small town. Like this is truly changed. This has truly changed everything in everyone's way of life. And in order to get back to some sort of, you know, normal routine or a routine that we, can you know go outside again we have to take this seriously and that's what it comes down to and it's going to change a lot of things and you know entertainment is one of them but it's also you know that's a small part of our overall life yeah man couldn't have said it better myself it's um i know we all miss the things that we love but um we really i we said it last week but i think it's even more precedent now is just like i know it might not you might not seem like you're gonna die because if you catch this thing but just imagine if you pass it along to three other people and they pass it along to three other people and then it hits someone's grandparents and or someone with a weak immune system or something like that like you just got to think about those things and i hope that if there's young people listening that just you know um don't understand like, Oh, it's not going to affect me that much. Who cares? It's just like, please, like as much as it sucked. I I mean, even as introverts for Eric and I, I mean, it's, I hate doing this over, uh, over the internet. Like I love every week when Eric and I get together and we sit at my fucking kitchen Island and we talk in person about the things that we love with being, you know, movies and doing this over video. Yeah, it works. And I've had fun, you know, Skyping and, and zooming and, um, you know, playing things online and, and, and doing things. And I feel like, yes, it's going to instill some habits that I think will, you know, after this passes will be a good thing. Like I'll use, I'll call my parents more on FaceTime. I will call my sister more on FaceTime. I'll play online video games more and connect with people, you know, through, through this technology that we have. But then I also really do miss these things. And, and, and Eric, you put it very well of like, yeah, this podcast is about the entertainment industry. It's about movies and TV, but there are things way more important than that right now. And that's the health of, and the greater good of, you know, fucking humanity so just if you're listening to this just stay the fuck home like i'm stubborn in the sense of like if your workplace is telling you to go into work and i every country and every you know city is different but like stick up for it like again it's not worth it and just tell like tell them in a in a nice way that you do not feel comfortable going into work right now no matter where you fucking work unless you work at some of these places that are deemed you know, 
uh, a necessity right now. Um, I just feel like I don't, if you work in an office building and they're telling you to go in right now, fuck them and tell them in a good way that you, it, for your safety and the safety of everyone else, you do not feel comfortable going in. I mean, I hope your government, wherever you are and, and the places will put in procedures that, you know, help you in case of any, and I know young people will be afraid to tell their bosses this. And even, I mean, I know older people, our friend, not to call anyone out, but like, um, our friend Mike Muntz is like, he still has to go into work right now. And like, I, I won't name where he, he works or anything, but like, it's, it's completely fucked to me that like people are forcing their employees that aren't necessary to go into work right now. And it just doesn't make any goddamn sense for me. And like people need to stay the fuck home right now and, and play video games and, and, and watch movies and yes, FaceTime with your friends. There's so many cool things like Eric and I are using a platform called zoom right now. And, um, you can zoom with, um, many, many multiple, multiple people. You can share your screen, Jackbox games. There's a game, Eric, you mentioned, um, games that people could be playing right now. Jackbox is a game you play online. Everyone just goes to jackbox.tv and punches in a code and you guys can all play that game. You can be on video. You do not need to be in the same room. Um, there are things like, uh, there are Chrome extensions that you can install at home where you can, um, have a watch party for something on Netflix if you really want. Um, I mean, that's not my jam. I like everyone to shut the fuck up and let me watch something. So I don't want to sit with Eric on video and watch something because I'm not going to talk to him anyway. Um, but if you like that kind of stuff and that shared experience, there are ways to do that right now. And you are helping other people by doing that. It's the easiest fucking thing you could do. I've seen tons of memes being like, our grandparents were called to war. We're being called to sit on the fucking couch and watch movies. Just fucking do it. Don't go out. If you need to go for yeah, a walk, walk go the for dog a walk. or what that's if you it. have a pet. Anyways, um, that's my rant. But and also, I mean, for the people that yeah. have to work, whether it be physicians or medical staff and and people working at grocery stores, I mean, we should just give them a shout out and say, like, thank you so much for what you're doing. And there's no amount of gratitude that I'm sure could be given, you know, in this time because what what these people are going through is, you know, like they are on the front lines and and especially with, you know, doctors and 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 nurses and 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 any medical personnel like uh, i can't even imagine what they're going through right now they deserve every cent that they're making and these big big corporations for these grocery stores and things like that yeah they're i've seen things like you know pc and and loblaws and stuff like that being like oh we're increasing by two dollars an hour and stuff like that i'm like these people should be getting way paid way more than that and especially in a time like this and like they are again like yes doctors and nurses and 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 everyone um i just things that piss me off is like i'm going a little bit off but like that oh, imagine yeah. video that i sent to you of like those celebrities fucking singing john, john lennon's uh imagine and it made me want to fucking vomit it was disgusting in the sense of like they're at their million dollar homes. Oh, so quarantine's so hard. And like singing, imagine we're all in this together, everyone. Um, like fuck off. Um, it pissed me off so much. Gal Gadot fucking setting that up. Like want to boycott fucking Wonder Woman just for that shit. And it, it was embarrassing I it. It for was one. But then you have people, like you said, that are working at these. It was, I, I muted it after the first 
fucking frame. And then um, I couldn't, I just, Nevis sent it to me and I just had to send it to everyone being like, this is the worst thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. And then you have people who are out there risking their own health to work at a grocery store, getting paid fucking $12 an hour while these ass hats are at home singing imagine in their million dollar homes. So like, um, I don't know. It's, it's been a weird, a weird week, week and a half. And again, I, I, uh, echo everything that you said that I, I'm, I'm looking at a fresh co across the street right now. And like everyone who, um, is going in there and keeping things stocked. And also if you're going out, don't hoard stuff, just get what you There's need. There's enough toilet paper come to come home. Around. Um, there are services. Yes, exactly. I mean, my parents couldn't find toilet paper. That's so fucked. They did run out and they went to like five different stores and they couldn't find it. And luckily, like not luckily, I mean, we had some like I had maybe, you know, a pack. Um, We bought like a super jumbo pack and we but we didn't go buy more just because like someone texted me and was like, hey, the fresh co across the street has toilet paper. And I'm like, I don't need toilet paper. I'm going to leave that there for people who do. And we said this last week, wash your ass in the shower. If you, if you run out of toilet paper, um, like there's so many other things to worry about. And, um, I mean, we're getting off topic from movies and entertainment, but other things I suggest to people too, like Nevis and I ordered, um, we did a meal service kit for the next week. So something like uh, good food or chef's plate here in Canada is, is excellent where you can get like, you know, three to four, um, meals and they send you the recipes and all the pre-portioned ingredients. So like if you don't want to, you know, go out to a grocery store or if you're, you're single living at home or, or anyone, if you, if maybe your immune system, um, is, is weaker and you, you don't want to go out things like that. I think probably are, are a great service right now too. And, and these companies, I mean, if you have an email, which everyone does, you've seen every company that you've ever said, uh, you know, subscribe to an email list from telling you what they're doing to, uh, you know, sanitize and be uh, helpful during this time. But, uh, we ordered chef's plates, so things like that. And then we've run out to get a few supplies at the grocery store, but it's definitely a weird time. And, um, I'm curious to see how you guys are all holding up too. So shoot Eric and I a message or, or, you know, tweet us or, and things like that. And maybe one of these days we'll do a big, the Zen shout out to Zencaster too. As much as I said, I don't like doing this with Eric. Like this has been mostly super smooth. Like last week was incredibly smooth and easy to do this. And, um, I think the only issues we're having is probably some, you know, uh, internet issues on probably on my side. I either switched end to of a us. New, um, uh, I mean, this is a time where, uh, internet provider, which will be, which will remain uh, nameless. Provider. Uh, but it's not as good as the, the the original one. But I also have to say as well, like going with, with the with the kitchen stuff, like I really love what Mythical Kitchen is doing right now um, with uh, Mythical Chef Josh, where the last episode he did was he showed you to make some like really great ramen dishes out of basically nothing. And it was amazing. Like I was like, I would – and they're simple too. Like somebody who doesn't know how to really cook, like they're they're easy to follow, easy to make, and they look delicious. Yeah, Josh is great and Mythical Kitchen is fantastic. I mean, usually they make like if for those of you that don't know, it's a spin-off of Good Mythical Morning um with Rhett and Link. Um their chef Josh who would make all their ridiculous, disgusting kind of things that they would eat on their show has his own channel called Mythical Kitchen now, and a lot of the times he'll do snack smash or tell you how to create some ridiculous, you know, Cheetos 
fucking mac and cheese or something, but, um, or something even crazier than that. But, uh, yeah, like Eric mentioned, he's for the next couple of week, weeks, I think he's going to do like pantry hacks and try to do things that do help you if you like only could get ramen for the next couple of weeks and like want to try to spice it up a little bit. And I think that's really, really cool. And I think you're seeing more and more people do that. I mean, shout out to the kind of funny guys who I always listen to. They're doing the same thing that we're kind of doing in the sense of like, they are working from home. They had a great podcast um, last week, the kind of funny podcast where it was the four of them on video, like Eric and I are on right now, which you can't see, but for them, you can watch on YouTube and see them. And it was kind of like, it was, it was just interesting because it is such a weird time for everyone and they're in San Francisco, which is in a full lockdown uh, right now where like unless you're going to get something like a necessity, you're not supposed to leave your house at all. Um, it's not a suggestion. It's you cannot unless you are saying you're going to get groceries or food or gas or something like that. Um and uh, it was a really heartfelt, like kind of wonderful episode with those four guys too. So there is lots of stuff there to kind of, you know, take your mind off of this or have other people. This is a worldwide thing right now where we're all kind of experiencing kind of the same thing. So it is crazy. And, um, and uh, we're here for you guys too. anyone listening. Like we really, really appreciate you guys uh, listening to this. And I hope as much as we focus on what's going on right now, I hope this let you past the last hour and a half without having to, you know, deal with some of this bullshit going on. But, um, and there's lots of content out there. So, I mean, it doesn't always have to be movies too. There's tons of, you know, video games, podcasts, YouTube. Um, there's tons of ways to pass the time, try to get some exercise in. I have, uh, another good game. Uh, it's, uh, ring fit adventure for the Nintendo switch. If you have a Nintendo switch, um, I haven't exercised yet cause the last week's been stressful, but I hope to get back on it on Monday. Um, is like an exercise game kind of like uh we fit if you guys remember that for the nintendo wii but i think a little bit better because it comes with this like um exercise ring that you can actually do some strength workouts for and stuff like that um so there's tons of stuff out there but stay strong it's a it's a very weird time um watch some brand new movies i know it's a little pricey but i think it's still uh invisible man is excellent you guys should go watch that uh onward is 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 good. So wait, I would say wait to Disney plus, but uh, seeing brand new movies at home is such a, we're so used to that VOD kind of crap where to get like quality movies at home is, is, is an interesting thing. And, and let us know how you guys feel about it too. I'm, I'm curious if you guys would love a VOD future or, um, or if you'll, you'll miss, uh, going to the movies, but Anyways, dude, um, I think that I, I mean, I guess we should mention as well since you, like you saw over the last since the last time about? we podcast or even during the last podcast, there were announcements that, you know, like the Batman obviously canceled for two weeks. But I see that being postponed for probably longer. Uh, the new Matrix movie uh, was basically put on hold. Uh, Fantastic Beast 3 was put on hold. It's 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 affected the industry as a whole in terms of what's going into production. So now is the time to just kind of enjoy what you might've missed or what you want to rewatch again, or, and, and even just, you know, open a book, you know, like something as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good suggestion. I'm not a big reader, but, um, this i i really do want to sit down right. and try to read something during this time um i just 
I'm still Same. getting settled it's into been one this of those week, weeks but where like I don't um, know if you've yeah, been I mean, and feeling it at all, but like obviously our routines have been thrown off by it, but like I've been up at like you know twelve a.m. till almost like four some nights because you know anxiety and insomnia has kind of been more prevalent in 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 sort of my day to day life with the last week, and I haven't been as as fearful as I was when like you know SARS happened here in Toronto, but. It's it's one of those things where it really has thrown off um, my schedule, and and I feel like that's the same for a lot of people. So, you know, like it's it's adjusting and kind of trying to find a new normal or something that is kind of quote unquote normal to to routine. And and again, like you know, for the people that aren't working remotely right now that that don't have anything to do, it's like it's it's probably even far worse. So. You know, it's it's one of those things where like everything like that this first week has just kind of been almost a write off for for most people in general or just a lot of confusion. I mean, even me who is working from home, I found it um, you talked about anxiety and, and stress and things like that. Like I found it very hard to care um, and uh, find meaning in my work, both in not necessarily what me and you are doing here, but even in my day job as a marketer and just like, if I'm being completely honest with everyone, it it was just like, I found it very hard to focus and go, why does any of this matter right now with everything that's going on? And I found myself having late nights. Yeah. One, 2 AM, at least for me when I had to be up at 9 AM to be online and and kind of be working again. But, um, yeah, again, it is going to take some time to adjust. And I think this is just the first week and it's going to be a long spring, I think. And, um, and who knows, like, again, it's so hard to predict whether we, um, you know, uh, get this curve down or not. Like, again, coming from someone you brought up of all the productions that are getting delayed and like that could have an effect in a year, year and a half, right. For those movies of when they're supposed to come out, um, so I think like you, you might see a lot of these big movies get pushed to next year, not necessarily because they couldn't come out late this year. If this kind of gets, you know, figured out by late summer and, 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 and the fall. But I think just because from a scheduling standpoint, if you have everything come out, you know, with a backloaded 2020 and a front loaded 2021, um, in a year, year and a half time, you're going to be like, fuck, we don't have any movies ready because they all had to stop production for, you know, X amount of months or, or what or weeks or whatever it ends up being. So, um, I think that's going to take a hit and, and it's someone whose wedding is coming up. I mentioned it last week, but my wedding is supposed to be in, um, June. I want to send a, a, a shout out and I hope everyone's doing okay. I know probably no one's listening in Croatia, but I mean, I, it's, it has a, uh, you know, a soft spot in my heart. I feel like an honorary, uh, uh, Croatian because of, because of Nevis, they, they were hit with a, a multitude of, of earthquakes this morning. And that, that kind of devastated, uh, Zagreb. And, and um, it's just, it, it's a scary time. And, it, and if you think of it of like comparing planning a wedding and, and shooting a film is just like, uh, I mean, if we have to push to, later this year or, or next year, it's just, uh, it, it's, it, it's crazy and it, and it's affecting so many different things. And I know there are people who have already had to cancel their weddings or, uh, or push them. And it's just like, there's so, so much going on. So 
I don't know, man. It's uh, uh, this is enjoyable, and I hope to do this every week, and I hope it brings people some sort of regularity um, or something. I don't know, but um, I think we've been, you know, these have been less goofy and more honest, or or I mean, we're always honest, but I mean more. I don't know what the just word sincere I'm and of, genuine in terms of like it's not just. I mean, we're still uh, talking about movies, and we're coming from that angle of of entertainment, but we're now talking as well about the bigger picture. It's not, you know, talking about a big screen or watching a movie. It's now life. Like, life is kind of taken over in a way that is, you know, as relevant as as our movie-going lives. And we can kind of get lost in, you know a release schedule or a release calendar and always look forward to, okay, well, oh, this month, this movie is coming out and this is something to look forward to. But now that's changed. And now you also have to take a step back and, and look at every, at everything's going on in the world, because this is a global pandemic. It's not just, you know, one country that you read in a newspaper, or read online and, and go on with the rest of your day. Everybody in every sort of, walk of life has been affected by this. So it's, it's something that you really have to take into consideration and, and, you know, things aren't going to be the same for a while, but in order to get back to some sort of regular routine, we, we have to, as you said, flatten the curve and, you know, kind of adapt to the, the, the new sort of situation at hand. And, and yeah, again, like it's it's not going to happen overnight and it'll probably take at least another two or three weeks where we start getting into a new rhythm. But it's something that can be done. It just you have to do it. You have to practice it. You have to do the social distancing. You have to stay at home. And these things are important. And, and to listen to professionals and not read something that's secondhand and, and, you know, these are the things that are the most important when it comes and and don't worry about it all the time. Like there are things that are not in your control. You know, you have to worry about the things that are in your control, the things that you can, you can take care of. You, you can't solve this crisis, leave that to, you know, the scientists and doctors that are working on this now, you know, worry about things in your own home that are, that are keeping you functioning and moving and going. And those are the things that are the most important at at this point, you know, and, and, and again, like if you get some comfort or derive some entertainment from, you know, listening to a podcast or binge watching a series or throwing on a movie you've seen a hundred times, but still really love. And especially right now, like those things are important and, and, or playing a video game that you have, you know, like the last of us many, many times, like it's like, those are the things that are the most important in this situation. So. Totally, man. So, um, thank you all again for listening. Um, stay safe out there. Um, do everything Eric just mentioned and what I've mentioned and what professionals mentioned to be honest. Um, so I, we don't need to go through the whole spiel. I just want to say, um, stay safe, everyone. Again, follow Eric and I EM six, two, one, one, uh, on all of those social media platforms, letterbox, Twitter, me at, at Matt Rohrbeck. um, same thing, Twitter, Letterboxd, I'm bumming around and Instagram and all that stuff. Um, but again, right now, focus on you, focus on your families, um, stay home, stay the fuck home, uh, and just uh, try to find that new normal and just, uh, I, I don't know, man. It's Wash those hands. Be good. Stay safe.
That's all I want to say. Yes, hashtag wash those hands. Um, thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week, hopefully. I'm sure there'll be um, a ton of new news in the next week. But again, it's FaceTime with your family. Try to enjoy this. I don't know how. FaceTime. But, um, it's don't a very touch weird your time, face. But like Eric said, watch those things. Try to. Yes, there you go. Bye. All right, guys. Until next week. Bye.